0: Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're so glad you've decided to join us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your heart and mind as our pastor, Chip Pendleton, brings us the Word of God.
1: Welcome to everybody watching online as well. We actually, as bizarre as it may seem had one of our largest online attendants in the first service after we Come back. So welcome to everybody watching online as well. It's a little bit weird, isn't it? You you walk in and uh, every table from the fellowship hall is set up out there. And there's 50 people greeting you with masks and gloves on, making you feel really safe as, as, you, as you walk in. Uh, you, you come in and you're socially distanced with a card, a yellow card next to you that says, Don't sit next to this person for any reason. And uh, then, then you're in these uh, black chairs that aren't real comfortable because our nice... Comfortable chairs have been moved, and if you got one of the short-backed ones, you're really up the creek because they're not comfortable at all. We're going to take those out uh, for next week. And so it, it's kind of a, a surreal experience. Lots been going on, that's for sure. Uh, our construction's been going full steam ahead with nobody around. It's made it real easy. And so, you know, a couple years ago, we did a brand uh, spanking new preschool area, a uh, very modern area that we've got. Uh, we now have the chil- a new children's area that's been uh, ready to go in about a week or two. Uh, the same thing with the new adult area and a new chapel. And so all that is finishing up rapidly and will be finished by the middle of June. And so we're very excited about all that. But it, it is kind of a surreal experience to be back here. I was reading an article this week about a lady by the name of Dane Yoon who's a makeup artist from South Korea and she does really bizarre 3D makeup and got a picture of, of Dane right here and some of the makeup that that uh, she does and uh, some uh, the, <laughs> they're, they're coming they're coming there you go there it is All right. Well worth it, right? Well worth it. And so uh, that's Dane Yoon with some of her makeup. You see, just a normal person puts all this makeup on, looks entirely different. Here's the full thing, completely finished. Now, does that look bizarre or what? You know, you'd never know that all of that was just makeup, but underneath it is just a regular person. We're going to be looking over to 2 Kings chapter 6, 2 Kings chapter 6 today. And as we do, what we're going to be talking about is that sometimes the things of God are just hidden. It doesn't mean they're not there. And if we just look hard enough, we'll see God is active and working a whole lot more than we think that he is. So turn over to 2 Kings chapter 6, beginning with verse 8. 2 Kings chapter 6, beginning with verse 8. Now, this 2 Kings 6 passage, uh, it's about... uh, The Elisha stories. Elisha was the disciple of Elijah. He was his aide. When Elijah went back to heaven, his prophetic ministry was given to Elisha. And these stories in 2 Kings are just to show you that Elisha has indeed taken on that prophetic uh, mantle that he got from Elijah. And so let's begin. We're going to look down in verse 8 of 2 Kings chapter 6. And uh, let's just start reading, and, and we'll catch up as we go along. Now, the king of Aram was at war with Israel. Aram is what is today modern-day Syria. So I'll probably refer to Aram most of the time as Syria today. But the king of Aram was at war with Israel... After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. And the man of God sent word to the king of Israel, Beware of passing that place. The Arameans are coming down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on guard in such places. This enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, Tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel. And so Syria and Israel are at war. And uh, the, the, the uh, Syrians are constantly trying to trap the Israelis. But whatever they do, Israel always seems to step ahead of them. And so the king of Syria says the only thing that makes sense is that we must have a traitor, an informer, that's telling our secrets because we're behind every battle as soon as it starts. And yet, uh, so he's wondering, who is this traitor? So keep reading uh, in our scripture down to verse 12. None of us, my lord, the king said, one of his officers, none of us, my lord, the king said, one of his officers. But Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. And so he's told, look, nobody's a traitor. Nobody's telling your secrets. There's a prophet in Israel by the name of Elisha. God speaks to him. He knows everything you're doing, and he tells the uh, Israelis before it ever happens and so that's why they're getting away every single time so in verse 13 the king of Syria has a plan go find out where he is the king ordered so I can send men and capture him then report back and so uh, he tells them to go find Elisha and arrest him and so they go search for Elisha and they say he is in Dothan and so he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there and there by night they surrounded the city So the king of Syria finds out that Elisha is in the small town of Dothan. Now, where is Dothan? Dothan is about, I don't know, what would you say, two hours from Panama City, about two hours from Montgomery, there in South Alabama. Not that Dothan? Oh, okay, okay. The Dothan here is 12 miles from Samaria. Now, Samaria is the capital of the northern kingdom of Israel, uh, which is the, the, where Elisha is, and so he's about 12 miles outside the city. It would be like saying uh, he's in LaGrange outside of Louisville or something like that. So he's in Dothan outside of Samaria, about 12 miles outside of Samaria. So the king of Syria sends his army, a mighty army filled with chariots, horses, and, and soldiers, and they surround this small town. Of Dothan, And there seems to be no way they're going to escape, no way they're going to be saved. This little town has been totally surrounded by the king of Syria. Now, maybe that's how you feel right now. You feel totally surrounded by everything that's happened in the last three months. One problem after another that has hit us, and you say, I can't see beyond my problems. I can't see behind what's surrounding me. we've been surrounded by macro problems that affect everybody and micro problems that just affect you or your family so the macro problems everybody knows the coronavirus you know three months ago if you were in this sanctuary the last Sunday we met on this campus we had 840 people now I don't know you look around probably a little less than 840 in here what do you think just a little bit you know uh you had comfortable chairs now you don't have them uh you'd have to wear a face mask now you're breathing your carbon monoxide in for an hour here or something like that you know and and so you know you look at that and you seem surrounded by the coronavirus and then in the last two weeks we've been surrounded by by the raw wound of racial prejudice and inequality that's been suddenly ripped off we've seen protests some of those protests have turned violent and, and uh and over and over again you say okay i seem surrounded all over again. And you look at those two big things and you say, wow, that's enough, stop, but that's not the end of it. Then we hear there's a big asteroid that's hurling its way towards Earth right now. Uh, Meteorologists tell us that this is gonna be the most active hurricane season in the last 50 years. And then not only that, we're told that in Yellowstone Park that earthquakes are taking place and it might be the super volcano ready to explode at any second. And we think, wow, could there be anything else but wait, don't forget the murder hornets that are on the way from Oregon. Got a picture of the, the murder hornets right here. that are as big as your hand and they're coming to Kentucky. And so we see all of this stuff and we say, okay, I'm surrounded. I'm completely surrounded by every problem and every trouble with these macro issues, but you're not just surrounded in that way. Then you have your own individual issues, your micro issues that affect you and your family. And maybe it's that you're sick or someone in your family is struggling with coronavirus or just in general health right now. Maybe it's relationship issues. We're told that, that domestic abuse is the highest it's ever been in the history of our country right now. And it's all because of what we're going through with all of the stress and all of the problems that we have. So it might be relationship problems that you have, financial problems. Maybe you've lost your job, your company's closed. And so you're hit both with macro and micro problems. If you ever watch any of the Lord of the Rings movies, uh, in the last one, The Return of the King, there's this scene where uh, uh, Aragon has his forces that have attacked Mordor trying to give Frodo enough time, and they're totally surrounded and they're about to be crushed at any second. And maybe that's how you feel right now. You feel like you're totally surrounded, macro and micro, and you don't know if you're going to make it through, and you just seem totally overwhelmed at this particular time. That brings us to the people online, and if you're here, get on the app. You can join as well to our first interactive question that we have. And the first interactive question is this. What specific problem is surrounding you right now? What are you dealing with right now? What's really hitting you the hardest? What problem is surrounding you right now? So we're hit both with macro and micro problems. So I want to do something for just a second. I want to stop, and I want to go, and I want to have a time of prayer for all of the things that we're struggling with right now. So join me in prayer if you will. Father, we seem surrounded right now. We're being hit on every side and and we just seem to feel overwhelmed. So, Father, we pray for all of the havoc that this virus has reached, both uh, physically and in health, uh, with over 100,000 people in our own country dead, dear Lord, uh, to the problems that it's caused economically. Lord, we pray for the racial division and prejudice in our country. Uh, We just pray, Father, that you could bring healing and equality and justice to our land. Father, we pray for the issues that people deal with on a relationship issue and finance issues. Father, we need you. We feel surrounded. We need your help, your encouragement, your strength. And, Father, we look to you now. In Jesus' name, amen. So that's the first thing that we see. We seem surrounded on every side by our problems. And the truth of the matter is you are surrounded. The very truth is you are surrounded. But you're not surrounded by what you think. You think you're surrounded by your problems. The truth of the matter is you're not surrounded by your problems, you're surrounded by God. And that's a much, much different thing than being surrounded by your problems. Look down at verse 15 of our scripture passage. Verse 15. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army of horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, he exclaimed. What shall we do? The servant asked. So Elisha's disciple, his aide, just as he'd been for Elijah, he wakes up in the morning, he goes down to get breakfast, he's got some Fruit Loops, you know, he's getting ready to eat, eat a little breakfast there. He looks out the window, and the entire city of Dothan is surrounded by this great army of Syrians. And he panics, and he says, Oh no, my Lord, what are we going to do? And maybe that's been your prayer over the last few weeks or months. Oh no, my Lord, what are we going to do? We're completely surrounded on every side, and we seem totally overwhelmed. I had a friend send me a thing the other day that said, if 2020 was a drink, it would be colonoscopy prep. And, uh, you know, that, that definitely seems to be the case. And, and, and by the way, I like it when people react because for the last three months, I've told things I thought were funny and there was an empty room uh, <laughs> looking back. So it's a little bit better to get to get. If you're online, feel free to laugh, okay? <laughs> Uh, as you're there. But we feel overwhelmed by everything that's going on. We feel totally surrounded. Then look down to verse 16. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. So now that sounds good on the surface. Okay, don't be afraid. Just calm down. (sighs) Take a few deep breaths. It's going to be okay. Don't be afraid. But it's not quite that easy, is it? Well, I've got a lot to be afraid of, Chip. What do you mean Don't be afraid. There's coronavirus. There's a wrecked economy. There's racism and prejudice. There's asteroids and hurricanes and earthquakes. And don't forget the murder hornets. So how are you telling me don't be afraid? Well, keep reading in our scripture, verse 16. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. So he looks out and he sees this mighty army surrounding the city. And he says, what are we going to do? And Elisha says, why are you afraid there's more of us than there are of them? Now, that doesn't seem logical. There's an entire army out there, and there's Elijah and his servant on the other side. But he says, more of us than them. Keep reading, and we'll see what he's talking uh, uh, about here. Down to verse 17. And Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And so Elisha says, open his eyes, Lord, that he may see. And that's what I would say to every Christian anywhere right now. Lord, open their eyes that they may see the truth of what is going on. That you think you're surrounded by your problems right now. But the truth of the matter is, you are surrounded by God. And your problems are going to be overwhelmed by the God who's greater than any problem that you may have. Lord, open their eyes that they may see that the problems are surrounded. We're not. God is surrounding us. And so what an encouraging thing there. Open our eyes, Lord. Recently in northern Italy, in a vineyard, they were doing some irrigation Uh, putting in some irrigation lines for the vineyard, and this is what they discovered as they began to dig the trenches. An entire Roman mosaic was under the ground, been there for a couple of thousand years. Now, did it just suddenly appear? No, it's been there for 2,000 years. It was just covered over with dirt, and so you weren't able to see it. And the truth of the matter is sometimes we don't see God and God working because all of our problems are like dirt that covers over God, and we can't see God because of our problems, because we're focusing on our problems. And if you focus on the problems of the world, man, they're going to overwhelm you in a second. But when you focus on God, everything begins to change. Your whole situation looks different, and you begin to see, man, I am surrounded, but I'm surrounded by God and God's love. Now, this idea of being surrounded by God is one that's very familiar in Scripture. It's used over and over again. There's dozens of Scriptures about being surrounded by God. I'm just going to give you three real quick, all from the book of Psalms, uh, about being surrounded by God. The first is Psalm 32, verse 7. It says, You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble. You will surround me with songs of deliverance. The next is Psalm 34, verse 7. It says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. He delivers them. And then the last is Psalm 125, verse 2. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people both now and forevermore. Now, if you were from Israel in this day and time, you knew exactly what that meant. Just as the mountains surround Jerusalem. Jerusalem is basically a bowl and it's, uh, they're in the Kidron Valley with mountains all around them. So you got a picture. This is Jerusalem. You see the, the little bowl there where the old city of Jerusalem is, totally surrounded by the mountains. And what God tells us in Psalm 125, verse 2 is, yes, you are surrounded. God surrounds you. God surrounds you like the mountains surround Jerusalem. And so the idea that, yes, we're not alone, that God is sovereign, he's large, he's in charge, he's in control of everything, that God loves you and cares for you, that Jesus died for you, that God is greater than any problem that you may have, that God is greater than coronavirus, that God is greater than racism and prejudice, that God is greater than murder hornets, that you are surrounded by God and by God's love. So often we feel surrounded, the truth is we are surrounded, But we're surrounded by God. And that brings us to the last thing that we see in our scripture. Victory comes when we let God fight our battles. Victory comes when we let God fight our battles. So let's look down to verse 18 of our scripture passage. As the enemy came down towards him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, strike this army with blindness. And he struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Elisha told them, this is not the road and this is not the city, Follow me, and I'll lead you to the man you're looking for. And he led them to Samaria. They entered the city, and Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men so that they can see. And the Lord opened their eyes, and they looked, and they were inside Samaria. So we think our problems are surrounding us. Our problems are great. they are many. We're being overwhelmed. Our problems are surrounding us. Then we've heard, yes, but the truth is you're surrounded by God. Now, the problem we have is we think God is surrounding us for the wrong reason. We think God is surrounding us to protect us. And that's not why you're being surrounded by God. We think it's okay, coronavirus is hit, I'm surrounded by God, I'm gonna hunker down in my basement till coronavirus leaves. We think that God surrounds us to protect us. Racism and prejudice is, is all over our world, I'm gonna hunker down in my basement till it leaves. And so we think God is surrounding us to protect us. God is not surrounding you to protect you. What did Elisha say? What Elisha said was, open his eyes. There's more of us than there are of them. If there's more of you than there are of them, you don't take a defensive position. You take an offensive position. And so what happens is the army of Syria that thought they were in charge and about to conquer the small town of Dothan is struck blind. Now they're the ones that can't see. First it was the people of God that couldn't see God. When the people of God see God, it's their problems that become blind. Do you see the difference? If your problem is number one in your life, then you will be blinded to God. But when God is what is first and foremost, your problems are what get blinded. And so he takes them down, and he says, Lord, open their eyes. And they open their eyes, and they're surrounded, the army of Syria. And so now they think, what are we going to do? We're in the middle of Samaria. We're surrounded by the Israeli army. There's no way we can win this. You've gone from the people of God feeling surrounded to the problems feeling surrounded. Now notice, nowhere in there did I say, you can do any of these things on your own, because you can't. You can't tackle coronavirus on your own. You can't go out and say, well, tomorrow I'm going to make a cure for coronavirus. If you could, you'd be worth a billion dollars overnight. By the way, if you can do that, do it. Go find the cure, make your billion dollars, tithe your 10% to the church, okay? Just saying, if you want to do it, go do it, that's fine. You're not going to handle coronavirus by your own. You're not going to handle racism and prejudice on your own. You're not going to handle murder hornets on your own. Through the power of God, though, there are more of you than there are of them. And so the point of this is very simple. Instead of setting back and hoping God protects you till your problems go away, you're supposed to have a, 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 a faith and a, and a faith that steps out and encounters your problems and keeps spreading the word of God regardless of what's going on. Look how our passage ends down in verse 21. When the king of Israel saw them, he asked Elisha, Shall I kill them, my father? Shall I kill them? Don't kill them, he answered. Would you kill those you've captured with your sword or bow? Set food and water before them that they may eat and drink and then go back to their masters. They prepared a great feast for them, and after they'd finished eating and drinking, he sent them away, they returned to their master. And so the bands from Aram stopped raiding Israel territory. That last part is the important part. They're they're sent back to Syria. They're not killed. They're not captured. They're fed a banquet and sent back to Syria, and the Syrians stop raiding Israel. Why do they stop raiding Israel? A very simple reason, because the God of Israel is greater than any power they have, and they, they better not attack that place. They know everything they're going to do. They even capture their elite troops and send them back unharmed. That God's too great to fight. You need to understand that's the God fighting for you right now. So we need to be aggressors. We need to go out and say, okay, yes, there's a coronavirus epidemic, and the world's changed. What can we do to make a difference in the world, though? Do you know that right now with all the problems that we have in the world, people are looking for God more than any other time? There are people that would have never even entertained the idea of having a discussion with you about Jesus, who right now you're going to be able to talk to. They're stressed, they're anxious, they're afraid, and they need Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And so this is an opportunity for the church. You may look around. Somebody told me earlier, I looked around and thought what was in this room the last time I was here, and it made me want to cry. Don't want to cry when you look around. See this as a seed because God is victorious, will be victorious, and if the church is the family of God, the church is going to be victorious. It may not look the same for a year or so, but let me tell you that doesn't mean the opportunities to make a difference in the world have gone away. In some instances, they've gotten better. There may be less than 100 people in this room right now. We're having one of our largest online attendance for this service. A 1,000 people watching right now. So don't think that you're in this thing alone. There are people spread everywhere, and now we need to be saying, what are we going to do to make a difference in this world? This church has been praying, Lord, we want to be a more evangelistic church. Lord, we want to make a difference in our community. Uh, uh, Josh and I and, and Dr. McKinley, we've been meeting and talking about what do we do to get it better? We've been talking about praying for God to send people into the harvest. Well, the harvest now really is out in the field. We're not saying come to church anymore. The harvest is out there, and maybe God put you in this room right now for you to hear this church needs you, God needs you, and we need to be telling people about Jesus in a time they need to hear him more than any other. It's time for us to stop thinking we've lost something and to realize there's more of us than there are of them and to do something about it and to step out. So when it comes to things like, racism and prejudice instead of hunkering it down and saying well maybe if we hold out long enough in a couple of weeks the protest will be over what can we do as a church and as individuals to promote equality and justice in our community we need to be active not wanting God to protect us what can we do to make a difference in the world and that brings us to the last interactive question uh, that we have today if you've got your uh, app or if you're online right now and the question is this in the last three months as you've been quarantined at home, God's still been working. Where have you seen God working in the last three months? Where have you seen God working in the last three months? Because God is surrounding you. God is still working. Derek and uh, Raquel Pearson uh, have a little baby by the name of Lucas, and Lucas has a severe heart defect uh, when he gets older he'll have to have surgery but right now he's on a special diet has to get special food and when everything hit that's Lucas right there better known as Batman and uh, uh, so they were having trouble getting his food when everything started shutting down. The grocery store didn't cover it anymore so what they had to do was just get it from Amazon. Then Amazon had trouble bringing food into them because they were having trouble getting it and they actually wrote a note to Amazon and said look Our child's life is in danger. And so Amazon went and got the stuff, made a special shipment just to Lucas and them. The the mom and dad, they're just overwhelmed. They they think everything is, you know, is falling apart. And they put a sign on the door that said to the UPS, to the the Amazon driver, know this. What you did today in delivering this is saving our child's life. And then they went in. Later on, they were just going through their ring doorbell and looking at stuff, and they found this the Amazon driver read the note and for five minutes stood at their door and prayed. And suddenly everything changed. And they begin to say, hey, look, we felt like we were all alone and we felt like we, were all, uh, like we were overwhelmed. And what God just showed us was we're not alone, that God's in charge, and it's going to be okay. Friends, I know that's been a weird three months, but hey, we're back. And it's good to be back. It's going to look different. Uh, every week it's going to look different. You know, in, in three more weeks, the governor is going to come out with another phase of his plan, and everything you see here might be changed again. We might be back to normal hours, and maybe you actually have a comfortable chair or something like that. Uh, but, but we're getting back. We're doing the best we can. It's, it's a small seed that's going to grow, but what you need to understand is this. You are not surrounded by your problems. You are surrounded by the God of the universe. So step out boldly in the name of God. Let's have a prayer. Father, thank you for loving us. It's more than we deserve. Thank you for Jesus on that cross. Father, we gather in this room and we gather on computer screens and tablets everywhere. And Father, we just say right now, Lord, help us to know that there are going to be opportunities to make a difference for you. Help us to realize there's more with us, that we are surrounded by you. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, keyword mywrbc. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening, and join us next week for another message from God's Word.